When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. American Idol Season 5 champion Taylor Hicks is releasing his first new music in 14 years with his brand new single, Teach Me to Dance. He joined me to discuss his upcoming album, Porch Swing, as well as his memories of winning American Idol and his thoughts on Ryan Seacrest becoming the new host of Wheel of Fortune. Hey, what's going on, Jason? How are you, bud? Good. Hey, thanks for taking the time to join us on WTOP in D.C. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great talking. Where are you calling us from? Uh, Birmingham, Alabama right now. And that's I know that's where you you, uh, you grew up. So uh, that's awesome. Coming full circle. All right. Well, we've got to tell everyone the reason we're talking um, is because you have a new single out, Teach Me to Dance, and it's on the upcoming album Porch Swing, which is coming up, I guess, hopefully this fall. We'll, we'll keep everyone posted. Um, tell me about the, the new single, Teach Me to Dance. I know that it was released on, on Father's Day, but, you know, it's good for any time of year, right? People should pick it up even now. <laughs> Well, I think so. It's, it's, you know, when I think of this song, you know, it was, it was a song that was actually uh, written and Garth Brooks really enjoyed the song. He, um, yeah, he wanted to record it back in the day and he never, he never cut it. And uh, Victoria Shaw and I were writing together. Victoria is one of the writers on it. She, she went downstairs and she, she pulled it up and uh, it was actually on CD, believe it or not. That's how long ago it was. Uh, it, it was when we, she, uh, she, she actually played it for me. She, um, I just fell in love with it. You know, I, I figured it was, uh, you know, if Garth liked it, then I, then I knew it was, we were on to something and it was just, it was a wonderful concept and, you know, being able to produce it the way I wanted to, obviously with the twin fiddles, it was just, it was an amazing, amazing opportunity to get to record that. And, uh, you know, it, it, I've just enjoyed releasing it. Oh, yeah. And we should remind everyone, you mentioned Victoria uh, Shaw's songwriter. Um, you know, she wrote The River for Garth Brooks off of Rope in the Wind. And uh, I Love the Way You Love Me from John Michael Montgomery. I mean, this is she's one of the great country songwriters of the last, I don't know, 30 years or something. And uh, the fact that Garth wanted to do teach thought about doing Teach Me to Dance. Maybe it's because he already had one called The Dance. I don't know why he why it never made <laughs> I never cut it. But I'm, it, 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 his loss is your game, baby. That's very true. And that, that's kind of how it happens in the songwriting world, and especially when, you know, when you know different artists cut different songs. Um, this was a this was a song that was just, you know, I, I just loved the concept, and obviously, you know, I could see it being performed at a lot of weddings. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I personally think the song rivals "I Hope You Dance" by uh, Leanne Womack. Uh, you know, that kind of 
you know, I think it could be a career song for me, and you know, I'm excited to see where it goes. Oh, I mean, I hope you dance is is one of those great, great, you know, father, daughter, mother, son dance kind of a songs. And this teach me to dance could could be just that. I think you're right. It's sort of that same uh, genre or what was Rascal Flatts? What um, my wish for you? I mean, there's there those songs become eternal. They'll be played for generations at weddings to come. Um, all right. Well, tell me about uh, the, the the overall album then Porch Swing. I know it's uh, I guess it's not out yet. Right. Is it are you aiming for the fall? You know, I'm aiming for the fall, but probably early spring. I've, yeah. um, you know, I've got all the music. The music was recorded at, at Zach Brown's studio in, in Nashville. Oh, nice. Uh, he's got an old gospel church in Nashville that uh, that's just a, a really great space to record music at. Um, uh, you know, I've been recording there off and on for about 10 years. And uh, it was just, you know, that's right now it's kind of it's kind of the perfect time to start releasing music i mean the first of the year uh, obviously um you know port swing came out uh with the with the help of bobby bones and the bobby bones show they wanted to uh to hear some new music and so kind of the balls rolling uh so this is kind of the you know the the idea is to to release a couple of more songs and and maybe do a little bit of a Christmas thing and then uh, release the whole album uh, in the spring. Sounds like a plan, man. Uh, yeah. And porch, you mentioned you dropped porch swing first and Bobby bone show. Didn't you also sing it on TV on the Kelly Clarkson show, your first official single release in like 14 years or something like that, I think, but to do it on, you know, to sing it on Kelly, that's, that's kind of ironic or fitting, but you know, former idols, uh, give her, give her giving you the stage, uh, to, to show the new work. That's pretty cool on her part. Yeah. Ryan, you know, Seacrest was on that, that show too. So it was kind of like an, a little bit of an idol reunion nice. Kudos to him for, for getting the, uh, the wheel of fortune, uh, gig, by the way. Um, yeah. They just announced that, that today. Was, yeah. Ryan's yeah. He, you know, Ryan doesn't ever take no for an answer. I mean, I, that's, that's a, uh, that's a fitting, a fitting thing for him. But a lot of people, you know, that show probably, he probably, you could probably take mm, three wheel of fortunes. I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan, Ryan takes four or five wheel of fortune shows in a day. Uh, you know, he's just that kind of, of a machine, but, uh, yeah, an <laughs> idol reunion for sure. I love Kelly's such, been such a sweet, uh, person and a big fan over the years. Um, it, that was a that was a, a surreal moment for me, and uh, you know to be able to to go on her show and release that was a blessing. That it, you you hit the nail on the head. That Seacrest is a machine. He is he basically is Regis Philbin in the morning, Casey Kasem throughout the day, Dick Clark during New Year's, and now he's Pat Sajak. Plus he hosts Idol. Like he's all of those big titans from the past all rolled into one. I don't know how he sleeps, but <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's just pretty pretty amazing, pretty amazing dude. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Well, you're an amazing dude yourself. And I want to hear how your amazing dudedom began back. I know you were born in Birmingham, Alabama in 76. What all did you listen to growing up? I mean, you know, in Idol, we saw all your soul and blues, harmonica and all that stuff. But where, when did you first pick up that harmonica or what sort of bands did you listen to? You know, I want to know, like, sort of how you got bit by the bug. So um, Ray Charles was was kind of the musical genius, the musical mentor for me. I mean, I, I listened to a lot of Ray Charles growing up. Then it kind of split off into Van Morrison and, and mm -hmm. into Marvin Gaye a little bit. And then, you know, just kind of all as the instruments that I was learning was guitar, um, you know, harmonica uh, that kind of fit the Bob Seger, Van Morrison mold. 
and then kind of, you know, graduated with a little bit of piano, kind of went into Marvin Gaye. But I would say Ray Charles is the is the root of the music, my musical tree. I love it. That's a great musical tree to grow out of. And then, you know, I want to remind our listeners sort of that that period pre, you know, before Idol came along. Remind them what you were doing. Didn't you go to Nashville briefly and come back? You had cut a couple like independent albums or something like that. You were, you know, touring around playing various gigs and stuff. But yeah, set the scene, you know, before Idol comes along. What, What was Taylor Hicks doing musically? I was I was playing music, you know, uh, probably three or four times a week. I mean, I was traveling a lot, uh, did have a couple of albums out, um, you know, spent a little bit of time in Nashville. Um, you know, you got to really be in Nashville. You know, you, it, Nashville's a really 10 is a 10 year town, they say. And it's it takes it takes a lot of that. It takes a being there for and being present to win. I've I've lived in Nashville off and on now since I was about. 23 so you know nashville is a wonderful place to live to create to 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 network and uh you know that's something that you just you just can't take no for an answer and you got to play as much as you can absolutely well we're glad that you finally got your big break how did you hear you know how did the audition for season five of american idol come about didn't you you auditioned in was it in Vegas? I think like where, where, how did you hear about it and say, you know, I'm actually going to take, take this leap and give it a try. Well, hurricane Katrina, I was the last taxi cab ride out of Katrina and, uh, I got to, uh, West Monroe, Louisiana and fled the storm. And, uh, on the way back, uh, rented a car to Birmingham and then Southwest canceled my flight, flew to Vegas on a whim, <laughs> got to Vegas at like 1230 at night and then at three 30 in the morning, uh, you know, idle tryouts happened at the Vegas convention center. So that's kind of, it was kind of by way of hurricane Katrina that I got into the audition line for Las Vegas. <laughs> I love it. And to remind us about that big audition too, uh, at least in front of the main judges. Was it, was it Paul and Randy liked you, but Simon wasn't sure at first. I'm trying to remember how that first one went. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't have them all like you, you know I mean? And, and to be honest with you, I, you know, nowadays I think the judges are too easy on on you know on the contestants. Yeah, I don't know Simon was a hard ass be, man. Um, I don't know whether you have to be politically correct these days. Like you've got to be nice to, you know, it's the it's the entertainment business. You know, some of these some some people just can't sing, and uh, you yeah. know that's something that you know I think that these days being you know being a judge. I think they need to be a little bit more critical, to be honest. You know, I mean, look, I grew, I think we all grew up, uh, you know, in an age where, you know, your parents kind of told you like it is, and especially in entertainment, you know, you need some constructive criticism. Uh, and, and, you know, yeah, Simon was definitely not on board, but, you know, he usually gets on board when you win the show. Oh, you want him over. See, but a little, like you're saying, a little tough love never hurt nobody. You need, you need, you need some constructive criticism and it made you better. How did you pick? I always remember one of those first I ones. I think you, it also was better. For, I think it's also better for ratings. Yeah, you know? of course. I mean, I think the ratings, you know, I think the ratings, you know, tough love, you know, on American Idol sold, you know, from, 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 you know, all of the judges and, uh, I think nowadays it's kind of it's too much of a love fest. You need a little conflict, a little drama, you know, or just the truth, the re- realism. Not you can't just pat everyone on the back and say good job. Uh, you you want people pushing you. 
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Uh, how did you choose Levon? I remember, I mean, I'm just thinking when you're talking about teach me to dance, fatherhood themes like that. And Levon, you know, calls his child Jesus. He shall be a good man. I think you might have introduced a whole new generation of young viewers to that Elton John masterpiece. How did you decide to go with it? It's a great song. Uh, you know, I mean, look, it was a song that I, you, you want to pick songs that are extremely popular. Um, you know, you want to, um, you know, pick great songs and, you know, I mean, A&R and that run was, you know, not an easy thing to do, but I always pick songs that people could sing, you know, and uh, that one was one of them. It was a great one by uh, Elton, and uh, I was, you know, stoked to, to move week by week and ultimately win. Yeah, speaking of week by week and winning, the list of people you beat is like a who's who of idol history. Chris Daughtry got knocked out, Kelly Pickler, Bucky Covington, Elliot, I mean, and of course, Catherine McPhee in the finals. Like, do you look back, and this is probably one of the last idol questions, I promise. <laughs> I want to get into what you've done since, but All you know, right. do you, but in hindsight, do you look back and say, man, we had a damn good class that year? Yeah, I'm partial to my class. I mean, season five was, you know, ultimately, you know, winning that show at that time was, you know, something that I'll always be, you know, forever indebted to. Idol's been great, you know, was a great launching pad for us. And, you know, for the for the contestants and the people that, that I were, was on the show with, it was, it was a testament to the talent uh, because, you know, we're all kind of still in the business. Um, you yeah. know, it's, I'm very, very blessed to be able to to say that I was able to win that show at the time that I did. What's it like, final one on Idol? When you hear Seacrest mention your name and, you know, the confetti flies, you sing the coronation song, Do I Make You Proud, all that stuff. But if you can rewind in your mind, close your eyes to that moment when they when you don't know who, who they're going to say, and then they say, is, was part of you thinking they're going to say Catherine McPhee, and then you hear Taylor Hicks? And, like, what is that moment? Do you, are you feel like you're, like, stomach drop out? Is it like a roller coaster? Does your mind go blank? What's it like? <laughs> well, it's, you, you just, uh, you just understand that you know, um, you know, you have a, a, a good chance at at being in in entertainment for a long time. I mean, I'm, you know, 20 years coming up, 20 years on sh show business. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's a testament to you know being able to hard work, you know, that you put in to to keep uh, to keep going, and just you know, you you've just got to be thankful that you get these opportunities. Winning that show was definitely uh, you know, the press that, that was built around the time at the time, uh, the press that was built around the winner and the runner up, 
was massive in comparison to, you know, to the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, you know, sixth, and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. So you always want to win, you know, winning that show was was major because, because uh, you know, it was the, the way that they built the press around it. And especially at that time, too. I mean, you're all, you know, only five seasons in at that point. It was like the number one show on TV. It's a phenomenon. Whereas, I don't, and not, not to take away from any of the winners nowadays, they're all talented and everything, but I don't know how many dozens of seasons we're in now. And there's so many spinoff shows and whatever. It doesn't have quite the, uh, you know, media blitz that attached to it as when you did. But I mean, you, that was like the early season. So you were, that was a rocket ship strapped to you that, that took off. Um, memories of putting together that first album really quick, the self titled Taylor Hicks album in 2006 we all remember like heaven knows and songs like that but did you have a, a good experience putting that together loved it uh you know that was kind of really truly my first foray into you know the the uh album business of you know of the making of the record all the way from you know the radio promotions to you know it was a it was a really um you know exciting and uh fulfilling you know journey to be able to to go from in such a short amount of time go from uh a you know uh, just the writing of the record and then the releasing of the record and what you do to release it so it was uh to be able to be on arista and j records and uh with you know clive running the show that was that was really really neat experience Oh yeah, Arista Records, Clive Davis uh, need, needs no introduction. A legend. Um, and then, didn't you have to you? And then, I guess compare that to the second one, The Distance, the second album with "What's Right Is Right" and songs like that. We'll remember. Like, what did you did you self produce that, or you created your own label to make that, or something like that? Wasn't it? So it was a slightly different experience than the whole Clive deal, right? You know, interestingly enough, uh, at that time, you know, I thought it was just important for me to to start my own label and release music and and I, I think a lot of people do that these days whether you're on a big you know distribution company a lot of artists uh release their own you know records under their own label and uh that was it was just timing uh now would i be on another would i be on another label possibly but just timing wise starting that for me is was was very important for sure. And then in addition to those two early albums, they kind of opened the doors to a lot of different things. Like, I think you did like a Vegas residency. You wrote a memoir, a heart full of soul. Uh, and you even, you even did a little Broadway, some teen angel in the national tour of Greece. Uh, just talk about, you know, how other avenues started opening up in, you know, you probably never thought you'd be a published author or a Broadway star. And here you are. <laughs> Was it fun getting to branch out and do kind of other stuff, other mediums? Yes, that was, you know, I didn't realize that at the time, but, you know, winning that a show like that, um, you know, you kind of just think, well, I'm going to be able to just, you know, do music, tour the record, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. But but uh, instead, you know, it opened up a lot of doors that I didn't really think would open. Uh, you know, the Broadway, from the Broadway show to some hosting television, uh, you know, but for me, I think... It, having you know wanting to get into all different sides of the business and learning uh it was an amazing launch pad idol was to be able to to go those kinds of avenues um if you choose uh again that's the important thing about winning 
Absolutely. Well, you've been really generous with your time. Uh, let's final seconds, bring it all the way full circle it back around to the, to the new album. Then, I mean, I think, I think I mentioned at the top that that porch swing was like your first official single release in like 14 years. What, what have you been dumped up to in that time? Or what, why do you think you, you waited? Like, why is now the right time to, to get this album together and put it out? You know, why make, why make us wait? And why is it going to be worth it, baby? It's well, it's the timing. Uh, you know, I've had the record in the can for a while now, you know, it's produced, um, you know, and I'm, I was just kind of waiting for the right moment in time to, to start releasing music. Uh, it's just timing, you know, I mean, uh, Bobby Bones, you know, you know, him kind of intervening and, and, you know, wanting me to come on the show early in the year to talk about Idol and, and new music. I mean, look, it, you know, it can't stay in the can forever. So this, you know, the beginning of the year is kind of the, you know, kind of the, the windfall that started it. And uh, look, I'm going to release more and excited about releasing the new record. What, what, what do we know? Uh, any other, when, what other singles are going to be coming up soon? Or I guess we're just going to have to stay tuned. Huh? Yeah, I think for now it's, you know, it's definitely teach me to dance. You know, all the, the focus is on teaching me to teach, teaching me to dance. And, uh, you know, uh, trying to put that into, into some playlists and getting, you know, working that single, you know, that's, that's the, uh, that's the focus right now. All right. You hear that folks start playing, teach me to dance at your weddings all, all this summer or your graduation parties, whatever <laughs> you got, start playing it, get it in rotation this summer. <laughs> all right. Hey, Taylor Hicks, thank you so much for joining us. It's so much fun getting to catch up with you. Hey, thanks so much for the interview. Loved it. Uh, you know, and I, as soon as, uh, Soon as some more music comes out, we're gonna we're gonna definitely contact each other again, Jason. And uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Absolutely. Best of luck with the rollout of this whole album. We can't hear. It. Wait for the rest. Okay, buddy. Thanks, Jason. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. <laughs>